The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon lesson this morning is found in, in 1 Peter chapter 5. So if you're here in the church, please open up your bulletins to, to page 12. And um, if you're at home, page open to the very end of the book of First Peter chapter 5. And here we're going to bring this sermon series, I think, to an appropriate and gospel-centered and hopeful um, close with these words. And we're going to put an amen on it. Here's what Peter has for us from the Holy Spirit. And the God of all grace, who called you, to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Jesus says, He who stands firm to the end will be saved. Which means that only perseverance is crowned. People have said it other ways. They've said that that starting well is good, but really has no value unless you finish well. And really today what we're going to talk about is is finishing well. Because the truth of the matter is you've had a good start. Every single one of you, you've had a good start. We talked about on Easter Sunday how, 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 how the Holy Spirit has put in you the spark of new birth and resurrection. You've had a good start, but now, today, Peter wants to talk about having a good finish because it matters you know calvinists that's a school of theology they talk about the the perseverance of the saints like it like it's sort of up in the air like who in the world is doing the perseverance is the saints or god but lutherans lutherans talk about preservation because preservation finishing well is God's work. And I want to talk to you about that this morning from, from a, a number of his perspectives. I, I want to talk about, first of all, how important this is. Like, how out of this world and mind-boggling important it is. Then I want to talk to you about the problem, the big, hairy, awful problem. And then finally, I want to talk about who it is that preserves us in faith. So first of all, the importance. Here's how Peter says it. And the God of all grace who called you, listen to this, to his eternal glory. That's verse 10, eternal. And then later he says, to him be the power forever and ever. Now those are those two words, forever and ever, and eternal, they come from the same root. It's the same same exact word, really. And what what it means is, 
an unbounded time. Like, it, like the, the fact that it goes on and on and on and on. And I could go on and on and on like that forever and ever. Amen. That's what Peter says happens. Now, this is, this, for the human being, this is hard for us to get. Like, what we're talking about is of eternal significance. I once saw a pastor that tried to drive this point home. He said, he took out a tape measure, and he said, the first quarter inch is your life. That's what he said. And then he began to unroll it. It was 50 feet long. He unrolled the tape more and more and more and more. And he said, look at the other more than 49 feet of this tape. He said, that's just the infancy of eternity. So what's important in life? The, the quarter inch of the, of the tape? Or is, it, or is it the infancy of eternity? That's easy to answer, isn't it? One of my favorite pictures of eternity is, maybe you've heard it before, is, is have you heard of the, the mountain and the dove? The myth of the mountain and the dove? It's, this is eternity then. There is a mountain somewhere that reaches to the heavens. It's higher than Mount Everest and it's made totally of granite. And every 10,000 years, a dove whisks by and its feather touches the top of the granite mountain. And it erodes the mountain all oh, so little bit. When, you, when the mountain is eroded all the way down, that is the dawn of eternity. You see it? We are talking about eternity. And there's nothing more important than that. I want that to sink in for a second. To let it just, just sink into your hearts. We're talking about a length of time that we can't even understand. And we're talking about a destiny that is absolutely irreversible. What if we end up on the wrong side of that? Eternal shame. Forever and ever, amen. Hmm. What a disaster that would be. But on the, on the flip side, Peter says, to you who have been called in Christ, he says, to you is, is eternal glory. And there's nothing more important than that. Nothing at all. Now, we've got a problem. We've got a big problem. And Peter, he, he, he's sort of nice about it. Like He just implies the problem, but it, it's still there. There's two words I want to point out that he says to us this morning. He says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you suffered a little while, will himself restore you. Himself. Now that's an intensifier. 
And it's clarifying. Who is it that's going to restore you? Not you. God will. Because you can't. We, we, we just sang about it, right? If our salvation, even a little bit, if our perseverance, if, if our preservation depended on us, all would be lost. Because we change our minds every day. But God never changes. There's another thing that, that Peter implies here. He, he says this. There's, there's actually four verbs. He says, he himself, so we're not going to have anything to do with it. He himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. In other words, what you are right now is like a house, but it's a house that's a disaster. Like, it's got a hole in the roof and, and the walls are caving in and there's termites and there's rats running around and the foundation is infirm. This is a house that should be demolished. But God says he'll restore it. He himself will restore it. See, that's our problem. We're... We have such weakness in us. In just a little bit, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna experience and testify and hear two young people commit their lives to God. And maybe you can remember that in your life when you did that too. You feel so close to God and you think, you know, maybe even think like, I've swallowed the Holy Spirit feathers and bones and all, and there's no chance ever that I could fall. But you can. Saul, in the Old Testament. David. And Peter. He's the one that wrote this book. He said, Jesus, there's no chance that I'll ever fall from you. And then he did, hours later. If any part of our salvation depended on us, all would be lost. And it's a big problem. It's, it's a huge problem. There's even a song we sing, like when people are baptized, it's called Morning Cry. Maybe you've heard this song, and one of the verses goes like this, I was there when you were but a child, with a faith to suit you well, in a blaze of light, you wandered off to find where demons dwell. You young people out there, there's no excuse to wander off where demons dwell. But you may and you might. And when you do, remember that your salvation does not depend on you, but on Christ. That's our problem. But here's our hope. We've already seen how important this is. We're talking about eternal consequences. We've also seen our big problem that God is going to have to do it. We're not dependable, but now I want to show you. I want to show you without a doubt on whom it all depends. And I want you to think about it like this. Like, like, like this is foundation of our faith 
is placed on three granite legs, or like three granite legs of a stool. And here they are, the grace of God, the preservation of God, and finally the power of God. The grace of God, the preservation of God, and the power of God. I want to start with the grace of God. Here's what Peter says, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. All grace. Which means his grace is, is extensive and it is enduring. Which means that there is no sin that you can commit that can cause God to forever be angry with you. God's grace abounds all the more where sin is. The Bible says this. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Whatever you've done, whatever you will do, Christ died for you. And Christ rose for you. Whatever sin that, that is before you or behind you, in Christ you are called. In Christ you're forgiven. The God of all grace. This is just the first granite column of our, of our salvation. Second is this, God's preservation. Here's what Peter says. He will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. I think we get this wrong about God. We think that God is just a starter. Like he's the pioneer of our faith, that he died for us once, that he rose from the dead, but then it's sort of up to us. But monergism is still true of our salvation, that he will finish it from start to finish line. And it, it is all up to him. God himself will do it. And it, it is his promise. It, this is true. When we talk about justification, it's not just that you're justified in one moment in time. It's the fact that that justification, that forgiveness, when it is proclaimed to you, it, it means that you are forgiven for all eternity. And nothing can revoke that. Nothing can take that back. God is faithful to the very end. He promises to preserve us in Christian faith. That's the second column. Now here's the third column. Peter says this, To Him be the power. Which means that He can do everything that we've just talked about. He's strong enough to do it. We, we've, been we've been talking about in, in this sermon series that we are not joking around. Remember, I've said that various times, right? Like the power of God is more than whatever's running in the electrical transformer, or whatever's coming out of this electric socket. God can do it. It's the same power that, that spoke the world into being. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. To him be the power. And that's the linchpin, see? God's grace, 
God's preservation and God's power will keep you strong and make you firm and, re- and, and restore you so that your salvation is a done deal. Do you hear the trumpets? I'm talking about, about the, the, the trumpets that will welcome us when we pass into that eternal glory. Do you hear them? Because it's yours. It's all yours to God's great praise. I want to I wanna end today with an exhortation. That is, that's the technical word for it, is an exhortation. Especially to you two young people who will be confirmed today, Rebecca and Alyssa. But this is for everyone. Because you know how important this is. Because you know how weak you are. Because you know how good God is in Christ. I exhort you that you would participate often in the means of grace. That you would come and hear the Word of God. That you would come and hear the sac- receive the sacrament because in the sacrament you will receive the body and blood of the Lord for the forgiveness of sins. I exhort you. I also exhort you to watch and pray. Because the body is weak. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Ask God to give you everything that you need to stay strong in the Christian faith. And He will. Amen.